Hello, my name is Maggie Taggart and I've been a broadcast journalist and TV and radio presenter for over 40 years, mostly with the BBC in Northern Ireland. For this series of podcasts on equality in education, I've linked up with the Equality Commission to highlight the need to address prejudice-based bullying and to challenge stereotypes. In the studio with me now is Joe McParland from the charity Cara Friend, which offers very valuable support to LGBT people. Hi, how are you? Keeping an eye on us will be Asha O'Reilly a policy officer from the Equality Commission and hi to you too. Hi Maggie. There are already laws to protect people of all ages against sexual discrimination but the big change recently is the introduction in 2021 of new legislation called the Addressing Bullying in Schools Act. It gives teachers and school governors more direct instructions on how to spot, monitor and deal with bullying in their own school environment. Prejudice-based bullying at school can blight the lives of young people. It can affect the way they attend school and how much they can attain academically and personally. Joe, I'm going to turn to you first. Your organisation, Cara Friend, concentrates on the LGBT issues. Can you describe the sort of work you do in relation to prejudice-based bullying? Well, thank you, Maggie. Uh, Cara Friend, as you know, is an LGBTQI plus organisation and we're the longest established LGBTQI plus organisation here in Northern Ireland. The type of work that we have been doing in the past, really the past five or six years, is going at schools and delivering training to both staff and students to try to tackle bullying within the educational environment. Where students are concerned, that is delivering an anti-bullying workshop. Um, and in the past six years, we've delivered that to 17,000 young people here in Northern Ireland, as well as delivering to about 5,000 teachers here as well in the same time frame. I'm wondering, do the pupils you talk to, are they willing to speak up in school or is it an embarrassment for them? I think initially when you hear that you're going to be talking about LGBTQI plus issues and the age group that we tackle in particular year 10s, it's around about 13, 14, there is a little bit of nervousness. Um, it's the first time that they've maybe perhaps had the opportunity to talk about it before in a school environment. So there is a little bit of nervousness, awkwardness, I suppose. But after about the first 10 minutes, when they get comfortable with the fact that this is what we're talking about for the next hour, they do open up and it is a workshop. So it's not just me transmitting to them for an hour. It's about them talking to me, telling me what they know, and then me filling in the blanks that things that they don't know and really elaborating on trying to change their understanding of the LGBTQI plus community through discussion and debate, as well as looking at bullying and, and what bullying is and how it affects young people, all young people within a school environment. I think people might find it useful to know what sort of bullying examples are we talking about? So we have uh, lots of different types of bullying. We have um, verbal bullying, non-verbal bullying. We have you know, physical bullying, social bullying, cyber bullying. But we also have queerphobic bullying. Now, anybody can be queerphobically bullied. That's kind of anybody that attacks anybody or makes anybody feel uncomfortable because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. So anybody can be bullied in that way. But a lot of that bullying is directed, obviously, towards the LGBTQI plus community. And when we look in our anti-bullying workshop we talk about all of that different type of bullying that you know if it makes somebody uncomfortable it's something that's happening over and over again that it's something that young people should not be doing. Can you explain how you feel the bullying affects young people? I think the the work that I do is trying to is trying to educate people and not how not to bully. So you know that's that's us talking about obviously from an LGBTQI plus perspective but it's also focusing on bullying getting young people to understand the types of bullying and also getting them to recognise it. 
So instead of just saying these are the types of bullying, it's like here's a list of of actions. Can you can you see what type of bullying is going on here? And then it's about asking all young people, not just young people that I represent, but all young people within a school environment. You know, how can you actively stop bullying? What can you do to tackle it? What can you do to combat it? And the sort of thing that all schools, all young people can do, you know, there's three fundamental things really. The first thing is to report it. If a school doesn't know that bullying is happening, they can't really do anything about it. So somebody has to be a bit of a hero and, and step up to the mark and say, look, I see somebody in trouble. I'm going to report that because it's the right thing to do. This kind of idea that somebody else is just going to walk along and, and help, you know, the next person's going to help the person. You know, it's not about that. It's about you seeing somebody in trouble and saying, I'm going to help that person. So that's the first thing. The second thing that they need to do is, you know, bring young people that are marginalized, whether this is about race or religion or cultural background or sexual orientation or gender identity or disability. It's about seeing somebody that's been pushed to the periphery and taking them into a friend network, you know, giving them somebody to hang out with, to walk to school with them, walk home with them, say hello in the corridor, let them sit beside you, you know, at lunchtime. That sort of things that young people can do. And then the third really fundamental thing that any young person can do is to stand up against the bully. Now that doesn't mean jumping in in front, jumping in when somebody's getting beat up and say, here, hit me instead. I don't mean that, but bullies look like all young people. All young people have friends. So it's about a friend of somebody that is bullying somebody else. It's about that friend saying, that's not okay. I'm not comfortable with you treating somebody else like that. And if you're going to treat somebody else like that, then maybe we can't be friends. You know, what, to use Northern Ireland language, wise up, catch yourself on, that's not okay. So those are three fundamental things that if you put them all together, that's really going to have an, an impact on the, the level of bullying within any educational environment. I'm wondering if there's any tracking of how that impacts on the instances of bullying, for instance. I think we're still waiting for uh, all the school reporting on that sort of thing, and it's not generally known. Well, I mean, that's going to be a great you know, benchmark to see what those numbers are. And, you know, now that they have to record the motivation behind the bullying, I think that's really important as well. So it will be good to have a look at that data and see where, where we're going in the future. Definitely. Turning now to Asha O'Reilly, the policy officer for the Equality Commission. Can you explain a bit more about the position of the Equality Commission? We've covered LGBT. What about the other equality groups? Well, we have a range of recommendations on equality in education for equality groups. For example, those measures that tackle bullying in schools must include challenging stereotypical gender roles. And that's so important to prevent wider gender-based violence throughout society. Uh, we also need to ensure that young people in school have the right level of legislative protection against disability-related harassment too. And wider than that, we really want to see comprehensive research into the prevalence and the nature of prejudice-based bullying on equality groups, and that should be tracked over time. Another of our podcasts on the Addressing Bullying in Schools Act goes into this in greater detail, so I'd encourage anyone who's interested to have a listen to that as well. I can highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there more that schools should be doing and pupils to tackle bullying. Yes, and this is really important because what children learn in schools can help tackle bullying. We want to see school curriculums comprehensively addressing prejudice-based bullying. If children and young people are able to learn and understand the harm of prejudice-based bullying and the importance of challenging stereotypes, that will go a long way to help with the problem. And that should include ensuring that there's a wide range of cultures uh, reflected in the curriculum and that the tackling of harmful stereotypes of LGBT people is present as well. 
Is there anything more that you think people listening could do? Yes, I'd say go to the Quality Commission's website. We've got lots of priorities and recommendations there around addressing prejudice-based bullying and challenging stereotypes. We'd love it if awareness could be raised around these recommendations. If you work in the area, use them to inform your work, chat amongst your networks, use them to engage with elected representatives um, and reach out to the Commission as well. For the last word, I'm going to allow Joe to add anything else that you, you haven't managed to say yet. Anything else you want to add? Um, I think the main problem that we have here is, is knowledge. You know, there are many schools that are looking towards care friends, give them advice and our knowledge of, and experience around the LGBTQI plus community. Um, but I think what schools need to do is connect in with care friends and, and build that level of knowledge. Because if you are saying you shouldn't be bullying a certain part of your school student body, the LGBTQI plus community, but you have no knowledge of that community, you have no understanding, you have no acceptance of that community, that's a very difficult thing to kind of protect against if you have no idea who this community is. So I would just say to any school that hasn't yet engaged with Care Friend, please get in contact with us and we will give you that knowledge, give you that understanding and help you be more accepting and more understanding of the, of the young people that you engage with on a daily basis. Well, it was lovely to have those viewpoints explained. Thank you very much to Joe and Asha. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find the rest of the series and a wide range of podcasts published online by the Equality Commission. You can find them on the Commission's website or wherever you find your favourite podcasts.